Hello, guys. Happy Tuesday. It's Cannabis and Chardonnay Day. So you know what that means. You must roll up. You must pull your glass because tonight we're going to get into some ew, ew shit. But before we do, I must always introduce my lovely co-host, Stylist. How you doing this week? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just chilling. Art flows. That's my thing. All okay, right. Kanye. <laughs> Creative, how you doing? What up? I'm doing great. How is everyone today? Pretty damn good. Outrageous. Are you truly outrageous? Truly, truly, truly outrageous. <laughs> Our mother says that to us. She'd be like, Allah, Allah was popping. So, ala ala, you guys, you're tuned in once again. Cannabis and Chardonnay. Um, Would you say, girl? Some really cool stuff. And pretty soon, I want you guys to start tuning into Hey Politics after episode uh, 30. 30 it is, darling. After episode 30, I think I'm going to start with my... Shit. My new shit. And I'm gonna have some stuff for you guys to look at. And I'm gonna need you to know you can do that um on Facebook at Georgia Capra of Petty Politics slash outrageous thoughts and questions. And you can find me at outrageous thoughts and questions.com. And I do need everyone to know it is called outrageous. Yes, spell it out for them. Outrage us. Outrage us. Outrage you had. Why? Because the topics, first of all, I just say what I want. We all know that. Yes. And the, I think about some shit, like <laughs> some real shit. And I, I think about things like in a whole, things that affect us all. And sometimes, even though it might seem a little off, other people's base is totally on mine. It's never for anyone else's. And if you agree with me, you can. If you don't, fuck you. <laughs> Not like totally fuck you, but you know, I mean, fuck your opinion. And Isn't that what our president says to everybody? More along the lines of staying woke, but I'm not into all the big words and dictionary terms and shit. Just be aware of what's going on in your community and what's going on with your people and other shit too. I mean, if it interests you, I'll touch some of that, but more so on the lines of things that are going on. So we're going to be outrageously talking about that. And I hope everyone, you know, I've been having black people mad at me. I don't <laughs> Girl, people forget we're black because we're yellow, but I promise you, my mother is like stylist's color and darker than creative bully. Yeah. And she's like the poster child for black women. <laughs> well, well. Creative, how you doing this week, brother? I'm doing fine. Trying all those nasty ass Oreos and things. Oh, oh yeah, those apple, are um. You I was, apple apple filling Oreo cookies. What? Why won't they just stop at the chocolate and the vanilla? Because they gotta they gotta produce more revenue. Yo, creative. Yo, creative. What about that bologna cake though? Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't black. He ain't black. <laughs> you know how I know he's not black? Cause he straight up sent me the video like, yo. Would you eat this? I said, I'm telling creative. I'm telling creative because you got this from his page. And I know <laughs> that you saw his comment. It was not favorable. But like, <laughs> like, like anyhow, people, we won't keep y'all longer. We're going to get into tonight's conversation because I saw a movie this weekend that totally, totally, totally blew my mind completely. It's called Sorry to Bother You. And Tonight, we're going to talk about that movie. If you have seen that movie, we want your questions. We want your comments. We want you to tune into this conversation because if this movie wasn't like the epitome of the society that we kind of live in and where we're going, I don't know what else is. What, The Purge or something like that? I don't know. The new 
it was crazy. It was a little psychologically interesting. Who has seen the movie Sorry to Bother You? <laughs> so as we get into the conversation just really quick do us a favor and visit CandidaceAndChardonnay.com subscribe so that you make sure that you get in with us on every Tuesdays we're always talking about all kinds of shit roll up smoke up we're smoking on uh Gorilla Glue today and Gorilla Glue is a straight up indica so my ass might be in the couch before this whole thing is, is over. Couch. But <laughs> it was much necessary because watching this movie, I don't know how you could not want to be high watching this movie first and foremost, especially after seeing it. It was like, what? Let's just get into the premise. Creative, you have a wonderful, wonderful show in which you give movie reviews. Do you want to give your PG bite-sized version and then I give mine and then everybody can kind of give our versions of what we think it was about before we jump into it. What do you think it was about creative? Well, I think uh, it was um, about being broke and trying to come up. Uh, I guess trying to do something that's not your passion, mm. but just trying to be the best at it you can. And um, and then it it flipped to something totally, like it it went to a new dimension. It sure did. Sure so it, it's did. Like, it was like it started out one movie and then it flipped to another movie. Yes. And towards the very end at that, I was like, oh, that's kind of jacked up because right where it was like, <clears throat> it made you think like, what happened? <laughs> like, <Yeah>. what happened? <laughs> Stylus, what do you think about the movie? What do you think the purpose of the movie is according to what you said? Well, um, mm. It was a refreshing spin on the same problem that occurs in life. Um, I thought it was really interesting. First off, it had the um, gentleman from Get Out. Um, I forget his name. Do you? Listen, we have our research and we're link in because I knew tonight we was going to be talking about this shit in depth. I'm just giving everybody an opportunity for a takeover. It took too. place in telemarketing. <laughs> so imagine office space. Like he described it in his his explanation, like office space meets Twilight Zone. You know, like it's just the movie, it was compelling. It made you feel something. The movie is about standing for something and not falling for anything. That's a good way to put that. I you you've been everybody and how they play on it's modern day slavery and it's how they play on your brain to make yep. you feel like you need to do this thing because money makes though you need this money you need this thing you need to have these things you watched his you you, you watched his reformation how his home changed how his clothes changed how yep. everything changed and how he had everything that he wanted and in order to keep getting it he was going to sell his soul and do whatever the fuck it was that they asked him to do. For example, nigga shit, nigga shit, nigga shit. What was Man, that? the song. Oh, so, wait. All right. So did he sell his soul? Did he take wait, the let contract? Her fin- let her finish. Give her an explanation because I still got to give mine. And at that point, mm. he was already selling himself short. Mm-hmm. Look. For him to see how they actually viewed him, for him to realize that he was in the wrong fucking place. It wasn't when he saw all the crazy shit that he saw. It was when he realized how they actually were looking at him. This is what they want. This is what they believe in. That goes for anybody. And that was because he let somebody else that looked like him, which is how it all started, (laughs) tell him this was good for him. When it really wasn't, it fucked up his life in so many ways, and all of that was for the dollar. the 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 biggest thing that everybody's looking for is that dollar, and I'm glad that they used yep. a black person for this role, just because that's exactly what they do. That leads into that my explanation. That's exactly what they do. That's why you have your local drug dealers. When they draw pictures of them, they're all brown skin. When you have your local 
dope things and they draw pictures of them. They're all brown. They're all white. You understand what I'm saying? So they targeted exactly yep. the people that they could catch with that. Because a black person is the first person that thought about a dollar and said, I'm going to turn against my people. They use that. But yeah, they use that. But he also, his, his thing was... Man, my uncle's house is about to be foreclosed. Can I, get I have not been paying my rent, and I finally have an opportunity yeah, to you know help what? family. The person that wrote the initial, the person that wrote the play. Boots Riley. Wait. That's what he was showing you. That turncoat for that dollar. Some of us would rather be homeless. Or enslaved. Or enslaved. That's what that leaves me. I have to tell you what I thought the movie was about. Because you're getting into my point. And I'm like, damn it, we have to drive it home. Because I know our listeners are like, I thought the movie, what the fuck they talking about? Why talk about that? I'm tell you what's up. Okay. Movie is about a black man who lived in a society where people were being enslaved to sell labor to multi million dollar corporations. The telemarketing business was just the door that would lead him to the gateway of mass manipulation on a grand scale. And it was all to basically get labor for free. So they decided to take a horse breed and human breed, merge them and get people to basically sign their soul, their life and their body over to become this thing so that they wouldn't have to worry about paying their bills. They had a utopian society called Worry Free, which represented a society of people who volunteered to enslave themselves so that they had three square meals a day, they had a roof over their head, and a job. a lot like an agenda. Modern day slavery. (laughs) So old boy was living in the garage of his uncle's house. His uncle was like, yo, you four months late on the rent. My house is gonna go into foreclosure. I'm gonna end up having to work at Worry Free which is what ends up happening. The uncle gets the foreclosure notice. No, he pays off. No, because of his decision, he paid off the... the... But you're forgetting the part that led up to that. So the part that led up to him actually... He ended up getting a job because his uncle was like, listen, you're behind and we're going to lose the house. And his girlfriend is this beautiful artistic person. She's very supportive, sleeping in the garage with him. What kind of woman are you? Don't be sleeping in the garage with him. You better have him write a business plan and help him work that shit. But anyhow, all I want to say is this. Just saying. Girl. So he goes to get a job at this telemarketing agency. He's doing shitty. He's not winning at this. And like Outrageous said, it was the black dude sitting next to him. Like, you're not having any luck because you're not using your white voice. Problem number one, why do we have to acclimate to a white voice in corporate America or in any other establishment? Why do we have to acclimate to a white voice? Make America great again. Um, Well, you know, there was white America, slaves were freed, and slaves, there's the Uncle Tom, which was his co-worker like, this is what you workers. gotta do. You gotta sound like a white person in it order to get that job done. <laughs> you know, so it was just a moment of clarity because who's to say, I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm not trying to be too negative on it because I'm like, when I look at it, his intent was because he felt guilty because he was looking for jobs but couldn't find jobs. Yeah. And when he finally landed something, his uncle already told him they're about to foreclose on the house. So he made a decision, I believe, out of love, even though to the mass, his sacrifice, he got hit in the head, was bleeding. I thought he was in the dream the whole movie because like he was walking around with this one bandage that was bloody the entire time. Yeah, and it went viral, right? It went viral. People started making Halloween costumes and shit out of it. It's like the more success he got, being this white character in his company. And being humiliated. And being humiliated, the more he climbed up to the ladder. He climbed the ladder so high that he finally gets to like the conglomerate's owner, right? This dude who has, has him at the crib. The power caller. Yes, orgies. It was like eyes wide shut because at yeah. one point in the party, everybody's <laughs> fucking all over the place. And I was like, ooh, what is going on? And he's like, the drugs. Yes, the orgy part. And then the, the, the white boss is like, you know what? You're selling a whole lot of money. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Big, 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 big point. Big point, big point. Spoiler alert. 
he gets invited to the big party. When he gets invited to the big party, the dude says, remember, and this is Omari Hardwick, Ghost and Power. Remember, in this building, it's white voices only. only. So he gets in the party. <laughs> he's using his white voice all over the place. He finally meets the conglomerate owner. And he's like, man, come on. You can, you can drop your white voice with me and you can just keep it real. Yeah, he's a, You look like you could be a rapper or something. How come, rap something. Rap something. <laughs> how come, how come every time, and I, okay, I'm a black woman, I'm a mixed woman, because I have to pay homage to my grandmother who's European and all the other parts of me that are beautiful, but the one thing that I think everybody who can identify with who has some kind of black in them, no matter how light you are, you're supposed to be the cool person in the company if you're that person, Right, so you're supposed to know about culture, and you're supposed to be able to do all these kind of like basically fucking tap dance on razor blades and fucking hula hoop to Cheerios and shit. You're supposed to do that, and I know I'm in that situation a lot of times because I can sing, and people always want me to do karaoke, and I'm like, I don't even, I don't mind, but I don't feel like y'all are laughing with me. <laughs> no, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like I'm the entertainment here. I don't feel like. Uh, the black songs for you, right? Do Mary J. Blige. <laughs> <laughs> SWV, damn it. Nobody wants to hear about the rain no more. I'm just, they get to a point in the party, like, and we're going to pick it up from where our, our waitress is, where he's like, come on, dude, rap something. He's like, I, I don't rap. <laughs> I don't rap. He's like, rap something. He fucking basically, <laughs> did he pull out the gun then? He did not pull out the gun. But they the he didn't pull out the gun front, yet. They were in front of the entire party. The party, um, some of the party migrated to a room and he was the center of attention while they all stood as the audience. Yep. And that's when they pressured him into that. So when he finally budged, they cut to a clip where he's at in the middle like of a staircase, like a stage. And the whole crowd for the party is in front of him and they're rooting him on. And, and the, the CEO, the, the boss man is like, yo, rap something. Come on, give us something. And he tried to rap something consciousness And first. they were like, boo. But no, they didn't. <laughs> nah, nah, well, like, nah, I'm nah, just saying, nah, like, nah, in their nah, mind, nah, they were nah, like, nah, what? No, 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 They did not boo. I take that serious because I'm an artist as well. And, and, you know, like, that shit fucks with me as a dark-skinned man. And... I am a rapper, a mm -hmm. poet, you know what I mean? And so I saw it from the commercial standpoint and I saw it from the underground standpoint mm -hmm. of trying to up, uplift your, you know, your, your community. However, he was entertaining someone outside of his community and they just wanted, the, they just wanted anything from him. They didn't care. So he resorted mm -hmm. to nigga shit because that's the easiest thing that, you know. But the only thing he said was nigga shit, nigga shit, nigga, nigga, nigga shit. And then the crowd, yeah. which was a bunch of, Majority of them were Caucasians. All of them. Oh. No, I see some black faces in there. So I think <laughs> And there you is, nigga shit, nigga shit, nigga, nigga, nigga. And shit. they chanted. And they chanted back and forth. Some, for some reason, they related and connected to that faster than they connected to his first statements. I don't think too many people caught that. You know what it is. If you don't stand for something. You're gonna go for anything. And that's what they thought of him. And that's why he said, you know, and it had another person, his yep. same, the same person telling him, don't fuck this up. Yeah. Sell your soul, give yourself away, just mutate yourself for this money that you're gonna get. This could be something. But so, bitch, why you ain't doing it? Why didn't they pick him? Because he stood for something. And he wasn't fucking falling for anything. And it was his job to find somebody that would. And he didn't meet the criteria. Because when, hmm. when the, uh, when the I don't know, the, you know, the top guy was yeah. talking to, uh, to Cassius Green, that's the character's name. Yeah. He actually uh, sat him down and said, look, no one in our telemarketing company has ever bypassed all the criteria and analytics that you have passed. And yep. for where we have tracked your analytics and your cognitive thinking, we feel that you are the one 
to lead the revolution. And the revolution for their yeah, side, for their story. You can't tell, tell the but people what, 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 but what for them? Yeah. So basically, he's a house nigga. <laughs> Creative, you've been super duper quiet. I know you got something to say. No, I'm waiting for the horse part. Uh, go into it. Go into it. Get to the horse part. So he's at this party, y'all. At the nigga shit, nigga shit, nigga, nigga, nigga shit. They allow him to go to the higher echelon of the building of the party, private room, and Basically, the owner puts out this tray of white powder. You're bypassing the the scene. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, Sean. I don't know. Anybody, let me know. I didn't see any any like dark skin complexion people in those orgies as they were pointing to me. No, it was all white people. It was. Cut scene. Cut scene. It's 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 uh, panning forward into the room while on left to right you see all these orgies and you know Caucasian people fornicating and he's still clothed everybody else is naked he's still clothed but he's in the room that the the dolly is pointing to so when they get close to him he's sitting and he's contemplating you can see something's heavy like he don't want to he don't even want to know what's going to happen next but he's sitting there waiting on his next response and he and that's when uh, his his shadow, the person who's actually training him, comes in and is like, "Look, I need you to go through these doors. I need you to go through these doors, and don't fuck it up." Yep. Wait, I got a question about the if he was like the number one telemarketing cat, why would they change him to a horse so early when he was making when he was doing so good? Remember the meeting in the room. Now that leads to the prophet I was trying to cut to. He goes into the room with the dude while he has an orgy going on outside. And the dude's like, he puts this white 666, okay, of cocaine, a allegedly a spiral of cocaine on the on the plate. Then he, he starts to tell the dude, but before he tells Cassius, Cassius takes the whole fucking tray and the straw and snorts it because the dude just told him before going in the room, do whatever they ask you, whatever they say you do it, don't fuck this up. And mm-hmm. so he immediately starts snorting and the dude's like, wait, don't snort yet until I tell you. But he had already finished. So basically the dude's like, listen, you've been doing all of this selling, but the big picture is we want you to sell human labor of these horsemen. Cause we they were already selling slaves but now yep. they wanted him to operate as the leader of the slaves. And he wanted them to sell the horsemen. And the horsemen, it would have to come by people ingesting this thing. He's like, I want you to be the Martin Luther King of these horsemen, and we'll pay you $100 million. He said Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, Martin Luther King Jr., I'm sorry. We'll, we'll make you the Martin Luther King Jr. of these horsemen. And it was just, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. And the doors had colors. I couldn't. <laughs> I thought when he, all right, so, and not knowing what's going on, I'm like, this high as shit. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Me too. I'm like, he walks into this door and he bumps, yeah. he says, I got to pee before making the decision. Right. I'm like, he's high as shit. He's like, he goes, he tells him to go in a different door and he walks in. This is mm-hmm. the place where these people live. Exactly. And then I'm like, He's high as shit. There's no way that they got <laughs> fucking horse people growing somewhere in here. There's no way. When that motherfucker ever told him, sit down, if you would have watched the video first, you wouldn't even be scared. <laughs> yes, he did about. say that. <laughs> yes, he did say that. <laughs> what the fuck? Did, that part stood out for me because what do you mean? Why do you think that I'm such a fucking idiot that I'm gonna agree to you making horse people. And if I happen to bump into one of these motherfuckers, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be afraid of this <laughs> motherfucker that you have chained up because he might be dangerous even for you. <laughs> I'm not cool with that. Again, if you stand yep. nothing, you'll fall for anything. And he just knew this was going to be an offer he couldn't refuse because he offered him $100 million. 
and there's a secret serum that's going to change him back in five years. What the fuck kind of toll could that take on your body in five years? But let's think about that offer and appropriate it to current culture. You have artists who want to be successful, right? They want to write their own music. They want to put something out that's positive into the, into the earth. And they're connected to these machines that have the power to do just that. But what do they say to them? Let's do a two album deal, which is about five to sometimes seven years of your life. If you're lucky enough to have a successful album the first time and recoup part of that budget. If not, you're enslaved to them to keep making music, making music that's actually going to sell or actually record the rest of your contract, but you still don't make any money. And then your career is still on the shit. You have people right now in corporate America making those kind of deals. People are, are, are treating people like shit just off of a $100,000 offer. Imagine the people who are inside these corporate offices now and they're like, you know how you can really win? Kiss Jack's ass. Have a few drinks with Bo. Let Sally be a bitch to you every day. Bring her a latte and smile. And you're constantly doing all these things that are breaking you down, breaking you down because you want to fit in and you want to make more money. This movie was scary because it's so true. Yeah, yeah. Wait, creative, you've been crying, motherfucker. I want to know what you thinking. I've been what? Oh, quiet. quiet. Yes. Because y'all motherfuckers be talking a lot. I know. Oh, you um. talk a lot. <laughs> Creative said a curse word. <laughs> Do you not watch his shows? He doesn't say this many curse words. <laughs> this what? <laughs> hey, no, creative, uh, seriously, real shit. Because corporate America, you know, and I know we all know what that shit is like. Like, what's your feedback? What did you think in watching this movie? Like, what was going through your mind? Um, I mean, basically the the uh, corporate America chain, like. Let's take it to my meeting I had yesterday when um what you call like a, a mid a mid-year review or whatever. Yep. And my man was like, you know how they first tell you everything you're doing good, and then they got they get to the the things we need you to improve on. Yep. So basically, what I had to improve on was giving the company more ideas in other areas and folk because they was like, I see you're talented, I see the stuff you're doing outside of work. Yeah, uh, you're doing you're doing you're doing your job good, but I need you to bring those ideas into here. And I'm like, look, I don't get paid to bring my ideas from out of there into here. I get paid to do what I was hired for. So now you're trying to throw more on me. And you know, most people are just gonna agree with that because they scared to lose their job. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm like, nah, cuz you need to bring more dollars if you want me to bring more. So like that's what they do. They they get you in that position and trap you, and then they make you do more than they paying you. Pretty much. Look, with what you're saying, it is my belief that these companies are misdiagnosing their employees through false reports of their work flow. Yeah. They are right? Yeah. Do something. They come to you direct, and they offer it to you. But when yep. you ask for something, they say some shit like, well, you know you got to go through HR. Mm -hmm. Fuck you. <laughs> we spoke about uh, a couple episodes back, we spoke about bullying. We spoke about workforce bullying. And it's a subliminal. There, there's multiple. In the discussion, we discussed multiple around like six or seven or something like that. And it's like that invisible one is what's really going on right now. Why? Most people don't even know that 82% of corporations are already opted into artificial intelligence taking over the workforce. Mind you, yep. they're still preparing for Agenda 2030, yep. which is almost like a work-free environment where they take their basic income across the entire world, uh, yeah. free health care, poverty is eradicated, yeah. uh, climate control and sustainability is implemented in 2030. And the movie showed very much that, a utopia, a utopia society of people that voluntarily gave their freedoms and their life away to just guarantee that they would have square meals. Like that, and, and Where's, security. That, like that's that scary. sounds like no God to me. That sounds like we're depending on a physical uh, 
feature more than a spiritual, you know, essence. But you know how, how many people can sign up for that, though? Exactly. Because why is because I believe they're misdiagnosing employees because employees don't even know their rights. No. And there's management for top corporations in the top 500 that. Because they know that's not it. They're doing it because they created a lazy society. That's. Every, to enslave. What are you talking about? It's I a process. Both. That's another. I, I agree. But listen, but listen, if they're telling you all you got to do is stick these propellers on the top of these plastic hooks every single day. Yep. For eight hours. And you can sleep here and we're going to feed you. There's no bills. You don't need shit. We're giving you everything you need to wear, which is the same shit every fucking day. And mm. that's how they're living every day. They're going to pick that because they're doing nothing. They don't have to Preachers do shit. All day long, they're doing the same thing every single day, nothing. But is that you? Is it's that creative? Is that, creative. you know? No, but that's what they're creating. That's what yeah. they want. The less... Yeah, it stops people. It stops the it stops the yep. population from growing. It stops people from interacting. It cuts mm -hmm. out every single thing that creates a rebellion against the shit that they created that's wrong. Yeah, it cuts it out. They're not paying attention to what's going on. Mm -mm. Fuck the news. Fuck social media because I don't need any of these things. I'm eating every single day. I'm not hungry. That's the sad part. And that's where the protest came in hand in the movie. Because at the end, he wisened up once they revealed to him what the bigger picture was. We're trying to enslave society. And there's certain people who are easy, easily uh, influenced by us that we can control to get the job done, which is you. And we're paying you $100 million. And here, for five years of your life, you're going to be pretty much damn miserable. But we're going to give you the serum to make everything all better, and then boom. So here's the fucking, <laughs> the gag is about the movie. He gets hit to this. The next day, Ghost tells his girlfriend, yo, you were right. This is some crazy shit. Mind you, his girlfriend was a, a part of an organization that was completely against the worry-free people. They were called the left-eye people, right? So he tells her what's going on. They bring the story to the media. They bring the story to the world. He humiliates himself even more trying to get the message out there. And nobody believed it and received it, but they embraced it. And then at the end of the movie, turns out the coke that he snorted was actually the fucking thing that turned him into one of them. And at the end, he's banging at the dude's door like, you motherfucker, there's a gang of them. So... And they have the antidote. And they have the antidote. So the, so the question to everybody who's watched the movie is, well, did he agree to take the $100 million? Because you never see a moment where he's like, okay, I'll do it. You see a moment where he's like, nah, man. And the dude's like, you know what? Take 24 hours and sleep on it. And then in 24 hours, we see shit just change. You know, he ends up like giving away money, doing good things for people. He kind of redeems himself at the end, but then turns into this fucking thing. So it's like, you did all of this stuff. You got to have the high life. You got to somewhat redeem yourself. But at the end, you're fucking still fucked. We strive, we strive so hard to fit in with society. We strive so hard to find jobs and make people like us. And we're working around a bunch of incompetent motherfuckers. We're overworked, underpaid, some people in certain circumstances. And it comes to a point where you're like, what am I doing all this for? Does anybody ever have that moment where you ask yourself, why do I have to work? I do. Why don't I? <laughs> no, 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 I know the answer to these questions, but I have sometimes, sometimes I look at people who are homeless, who I see on the streets, and I say to myself, damn, I wish I had that much faith of not giving a fuck, but knowing that somehow I would be provided for. You know something? I, I, I say shit like all the time, like in my thinking, because you know I'm a weirdo. 
I wish I could. You watch animals? I used to. I used to watch that show. Freak makes me treat every animal nice. I become like, I come in peace. Do you feel my energy? I'm not a bad human. It's <laughs> like National Geographic, right? When yeah. The season changes or certain animals and how they just make it. They survive. Yeah. Yep. Right? So every day they get up, they go find something to eat. They make somewhere to live. They use the restroom. Right. <laughs> they do every fucking thing they got to do, right? They hang out with their homies, check for the smells <laughs> and shit around the fucking forest. For the most part, shit is simple for them, right? Yes. Yeah. Shit comes and eat them. If you can get away quick enough, this is the way it goes. Every Survival of the fittest. Survival of the fittest. Every, every time it goes along, right? But there's an order. Do you look at yeah. the order of things? how smoothly shit runs. They know that this is what's going to happen. So this is how they're moving. They know how to keep everything. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? No, well, I, I got to tell you, I'm having a serious high-ass moment right now, right? As you're saying that, you my high-ass is thinking, I wonder if a lion says to a monkey, I wonder why I'm not a monkey and a monkey says to a lion, I wonder why I'm not a lion and I'm a monkey. Humans are the only motherfuckers that do that shit. <laughs> and then they create movies about animals thinking about it. To evolve, to be doing shit we don't have no business doing. For example, flying. You're not supposed to do that shit. Just because you don't like planes, go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> There's snakes on the plane. <laughs> I fly. She I said, supposed to fucking fly. No, like for real. If there's I supposed to be some shit going through the air, taking you, you putting your life in the. Your life is in no control of anything for how fucking long? You're just going. Trains. <laughs> Trains. You know what I'm saying? Trains. Same shit. You don't know what the fuck's going to happen. <coughs> you're getting in your car every day. You're driving. You don't even know the effects of that. They tell it to yeah. you after the fact. How everything. Imagine yeah. they're yeah. making you pay for air. Oh, they do charge That's people for air. It's called taxes. <laughs> They're creating shit to take you places and you might make it there or you might fucking not. You understand what I'm saying to you? How the fuck are you going to be an astronaut living on a whim? I might make it. <laughs> <laughs> she said living on a whim. You might make it. That shit could blow up on your way up or not. <coughs> and then you're a hero if it blows up. You understand what I'm saying? No, who the fuck? You don't get to reap the benefits of that. You're gone. You're, you're living on a whim when you're a fucking astronaut. True. Why, where are you going? You prepare all this time to get ready to go into the fucking, into orbit, right? And you don't make it. Man. At three, two, one, boom. Rest in gone. peace you to, you know, like. The foreign explorers, thank yeah. you. <laughs> place no you're right it's a lot of faith living another way all of these things you're going into scuba diving why the fuck are you doing that you don't i have an answer for that no there's an answer for that right i was watching hbo sports brian gumbolt show this was two three weeks ago actually and they had this this is gonna make people feel sad all right and it's gonna put this movie into fucking perspective there's a place in the Philippines where there's a whole tribe of people. They deep sea dive 200 feet fucking below, okay? Just to catch fish that are at that level. They catch these fish. They spend about five to eight minutes of their life down in the ocean, which is a fucking wooden spear that they make and a fucking flap of something that they create because they don't have money for fins and shit like some of these sport deep sea uh, divers do. And they take that most expensive fish that they find mm -hmm. and they sell it to the marketplace for more money and they buy their family the cheaper fish because they can't afford to eat that fish because it, it feeds their whole family for months at a time. And these people, their very job, why the fuck would some people go below the fucking ocean? Because that's the only way that they can eat. 
in certain countries. And we got motherfuckers going to telemarketing companies okay. and mad that they can't fucking communicate. It's not the job for you. Get out. <laughs> there's there's AI for that. There are people doing this for sport, right? Yes, that's what the show is about. So the show proved, the show talked to some um, professional deep divers who do it for sports just to see how deep they can get. None of them beat the records of what these men do on a day-to-day basis. They were passed out and shit and had people bringing them up. And so the guy from the Philippines said, you know, the guy said to him, imagine if you could be doing this professionally. He said, I wish that my country had those kind of opportunities because it would really bring a lot of wealth to our land, to our country, because it's very hard work. What I do is hard work. Sometimes we don't know if we're going to come up. And he talked about a time he got attacked by a stingray. And he was like, I wasn't so much concerned about losing my life to the stingray as much as I was concerned about losing my spear that I made that took me a long time to create. And then the time... That's not... That's not... The, the, I get that. I got that. It's fucked up out there, people. It's fucked up. What it is is people doing things join. that absolutely no business is what I'm talking Help about. Yes. I'm talking about people doing shit that they have no business going into. Who yep. lives in the water? Sharks, whales, other chickens. There's almost like 80% more of underneath the ocean that we haven't even seen. People haven't even been to that part of it yet. So we don't even know what's down there. There's some shit we've never even seen down there before. And the point of that, and the point of that is because we don't belong there. Exactly. If you go down there, fucking with it, and something fucks you up, you didn't have no business in their house. And I kind of agree with that. That's what the Bible says. It says we have dominion over the earth, and we only named the birds and the fish and shit, okay? We have somewhat dominion, but it's okay to get fucked up in the wrong circumstance. See an insect flying around and be like, oh shit, what was that? I never saw that shit before. I've seen I've Mary. Like, do people who believe in reincarnation, like when you step on the end stuff, do you, now nah, let me not make light of that. Cause some people really have that as a belief. They really I'll pass. I don't. I don't. I'll pass. Hold up, hold up. Creative, how you feel about this? About this. I said that to say the things that people concentrate on is crazy. There's people that are hungry. There's all kinds of violence and all kinds of crazy shit going on. But the thing that they're focused on the most is what could be in the water? What could be... But maybe they're led to that to teach us some stuff. Dollars on scientists to see what the fuck is down there, but we could take that same money. They gotta. They what do they have like a uh, a budget for that? They do. They yeah. have a budget for it, and the budget for that shit, the budget for science is bigger than the budget for housing. Mm-hmm. The budget. <laughs> The budget for the space program is bigger than the budget for healthcare. Don't forget about the new space force that they created. Yeah. For what? Who's gonna let? Who's who? For what? There's something out there. They're preparing us yeah. to meet Lucifer and all of the demons. I mean, all of the aliens from another planet, so we can get more knowledge and all this other shit. Balls in your mouth. Balls in your mouth. We gotta fight them. There's no fight. The fight, the battle's already been won. Yeah, the battle's been won. We just have to have faith. We're playing our parts. What you mean, won? We ain't shot no rockets yet. I gotta talk about that battle. You said last week that you believed in Jesus. So you know which battle we're talking about. <laughs> that battle at the end where it's like, where God has said, the, the only reason why we have scriptures from every culture, because I don't just say the Bible, I've grown enough in my spirit to recognize all the holy scriptures from many faiths to understand and and bring even more security to my faith that I have in Jesus. But he talks about there being like a battle, the end of days, where there's going to be the judgment and the great white throne judgment. Where are we? Are we in Revelation 17, 18 now? Let me tell you where we are. This is where God wants everybody to be. And you might get offended. But I don't care because my heart's right in what I'm about to say. 
This is what God wants you to focus on. Focus on getting over the issues that make you a fucked up person so that you can stop being a fucked up person to other people. And then when God can trust you with the little things he asks you to do, then he's going to elevate you into the things that you were purposed to do. And it's that simple. And the main thing that you're here for is to have a relationship with your creator, love other people. But the problem is we're also fucked up that we have a lot of different issues that we have to get through in our life. So we seldom are able to attain our happiness because of those issues. And that movie, it didn't talk about the dude's parents. It showed you living in the basement of your uncle. Let's it's just, humble. It's let's, humble. Exactly. But let's, let's take it further. Where was his parents? Does his parents not educate him to own property? Because his, his uncle obviously, obviously knew to buy a house. Obviously. No, it's not obvious. Uh, yeah, because that's where maybe it his starts. parents died and he had to live with his uncle and his uncle already had kids of his own and he could only financially afford blah blah blah. That's what I'm saying. God it never wants us like that. No, no, I'm just saying I'm speculating, a, I'm speculating to drive home my point because I'm dramatic. Yeah, absolutely. It's so a good movie. My point that I'm trying <laughs> to drive home is that is this is we don't know much. But we, what we do know, we're not being a good enough steward over it. Because if right, we right. were, we would be making better choices. And those choices come with just being grateful like the animals. The ability to go and work and provide for yourself and have a meal. It may not be filet mignon, but at least you went out, you made an honest living for yourself. You didn't sell your soul. You didn't drop, bring anybody else into bondage. Who cares? about what you don't have. And I, I have to remind myself of that all the time because I work with wealthy people. Yeah. And you can get caught up in thinking, how come I don't have that? Or thinking, I want that. Or thinking that adding little things to your life that you see from these people make your life better when in actuality, the more simplistic things are, the better. And so I've learned over time to accept my lot in life and to build on the things that I can build on and not to focus mm -hmm. on like saving the world at large. We're not God already did that. Exactly. God already <laughs> did that. That's the bigger picture. God already saved the world and he's not looking so for me to save it. So why do people want a hero? He's, God is looking for me to be an example of what a relationship with him looks like so that that's attractive enough for people to become curious about the little signs God has been dropping in their life to lead them into a relationship with them. Huh? We want, a, we want another MLK. <laughs> Do we need a leader? The people in the Bible, they ask God for a leader. They ask God for Saul. They want to be like the other nations. And he gave them a leader that failed them. The leader wasn't obedient to God. Who, Moses? Uh, no, brother. Saul, Moses was the, Saul, Saul was the first king. Moses was one of the first leaders, the deliverer of the people. God used him to deliver people, but Saul was the first king. If you read the book of Samuel, you learn about Saul. Saul was Is anointed Saul the first Saul, Solomon. Nope, S-A-U-L, Saul. Mm. The prophet went to him, anointed him because the people kept praying and asking God for a king so that they could be like the other nations. Mm. And God answered the prayer to their own detriment. And then when Saul was disobedient, that's when David took reign many, many, many years later. But the whole point is we need to stop looking for a leader and we need to look within ourselves and do the shit we know that we're supposed to do. Lead ourselves. Be agreeable. Lead yourself. Stop looking for a leader. Stop even looking for a role model. Look at your parents. And if your parents aren't role models, find someone in your family that's doing it right. Because all these celebrities and people that we look at in public, they're leading us to hell. Martin Luther King was smashing chicks left and right on Coretta. Left and right, but preaching in a pulpit. No judgment, but dude, I'm not trying to put you in as a leader if I have infidelity issues. Because you're going to be like, hey, nonviolent, nonviolent, on the right day, you smash and get it in and get it out. Like, I don't know. I don't know what his advice would have been. But lead yourself because you all have God inside of you. So today's episode is called, Sorry to Bother You, but have you taken a moment to be grateful for where you are? Have you taken a moment to see 
your gifts and your talents and assess how much farther you need to go without compromising yourself because those compromises will make you regret life. And people will lie to you and say, oh, there's no regrets, just lessons. No, there are regrets and lessons. Minimize yours. And tune into our show every Tuesday <laughs> at 6 p.m. Yeah. Next week is episode 30, guys. I think today might be official 30, but when we first started the podcast, we went in a different direction. But this is like our 30th episode. And so we started a YouTube channel and we would love for you to subscribe. And put the link in here because we would like to start um, live broadcasting from YouTube because we can do more cool visual things. So if you guys will rock with us a couple more times, before we get into YouTube land, I'll let you subscribe. We'll link all of the information to today's podcast, all of the links about the movie, because it is a brilliant movie. We want you to look at it. It might pull different things from you and then, you know, hit us up about it. Let us know what you thought. And then, of course, if you have any topics, let us know. We want to talk with you about yeah. the things that you want to talk about as well. So CannabisAndChardonnay.com. It's your girl, Sin. It's your boy over here. Stylish. We got my boy over here. The creative Willie <laughs> Yurt. Yes, and we got our girl down there. Outrageous thoughts and questions. Yes, so join us, guys, every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Central, and uh, I think, I'm sorry, 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern and uh, 7 p.m. Central. So <laughs> we will check you. He's a cut, cut, cut. So go hey. on, get ready to watch This Is Up. You have <laughs> enough time to go and pop your popcorn or put your heat your plate up and watch This Is Us. And tune in next week. We love you. Ah, thank you for tuning in. I got a song for the people. You got a song for the people. All right. I hope it plays. He hopes it plays. Oh, no. <laughs> tap. Error loading. Tap. God they is. don't want you to know the truth. We'll <laughs> play a song we all live. But thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you. And if you want to become a member, you can support us on the website. We have three different memberships that will satisfy you. We appreciate you guys. Have a good night, everyone. Peace, peace, peace. And of course, I don't know. So, yeah. Right. Right. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey.